Hi, my name is Justin Kirkpatrick. I've been attending Church in the Valley for 17 years now. I lead one of the groups, which I'm really excited to do, and I'm excited to be here with you guys today. One of the differences today is that we have our whole family with us today. So if you look around, you'll see that we have a lot of little ones here today. And what a blessing that is. We're actually really blessed with little ones. I used to be in the kids' zone ministry, and I saw that blessing every Sunday as we had 80, 90, sometimes 100 little ones running around. How awesome is that? So today's service is actually going to be, to a degree, focused around our little ones, and it will have some themes for them, but hopefully those same themes, we can build those up and apply those to ourselves as well. So hopefully that's all worked out. One of the things that happens around this time, and if the young folks don't know this, is people actually make commitments for the whole year. They actually go and say, I'm going to be better this year, and I'm going to do something differently this year. I'm going to change me for the better. And these are called New Year's resolutions. Now, this message, the title for today's series is Good for Goodness Sake. And that's a popular Christmas song. We've heard that for So be good for goodness sakes. And you young folks, if you've heard that song, Santa Claus is the one looking around. He's saying be good for goodness sakes. But today we're going to flip that a little bit. And we're going to say that God actually sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ, to make us good for goodness sake. And the world has a version of this getting better called New Year's Resolutions. So we're going to go ahead and skip to our New Year's Resolution slide. And we're going to play a little family fun, not feud, because we don't fight with our families. We have fun with our families because this isn't a place for fighting. So what I want you to do is I want you to go ahead and we're just going to go through the first three together. And I want you to guess as a family. So what I want you to do is actually turn, talk to your family members. Now, if you're here today and you're not near someone who's family, turn to someone behind you because we're all family here today. So find someone that's family, and you could turn to anyone that's around you, or if you've had a lot of family for the holidays and you just want to be by yourself, that's fine too. You can roll the way you want to roll today. So, but I'm going to come down and get a few answers, just the first three we're going to do together, and then we'll go through the next ten, and we'll see if we can get any gleanings from that. So let's get started. So what I want to do is we're not going to show it yet, but... Take a guess at what the top New Year's resolution was for 2019. What was the top New Year's resolution? So don't show it yet, but go ahead and guess. Go ahead and guess. Talk to each other. Go. So I'm going to come around. If you have a guess, go ahead and raise your hand. Like you that we're going to come right over here. So what's your guess? First, tell us your name. Lose weight. He said, Logan says, lose weight. Survey says, diet or eat better. I think that counts. Give him a round of applause. I think that counts. Diet or eat better. Okay, so now we're going to go to number two. We're not going to show it yet, so take just about 30 seconds. Talk to your family. Go. Talk to people around you. Talk to your friends. We've got some hands up already. We're going to go right back around here. Okay, so tell me your name first. Audrey. Audrey. Audrey's guess. What do you guess, Audrey? Uh, not to fight with my sibling. <laughs> not to fight with siblings. Survey says. Okay, exercise more. Exercise patience with your siblings. That works for me. All right, so let's do the next one. 
not yet. So we're going to go ahead and give you guys another 20 seconds again. I'm going to come around and get an answer. So what was the third top New Year's resolution? So go ahead from last year. Go ahead and talk to each other. See a lot of hands up. I'm going to go ahead and go to a couple people with this one before we show. So, go ahead. What's your name? Uh, Jonah. Okay. What's your guess? Um, spend money better. Say, when we have spend money better, don't show it yet. Here we go. We're going to come over here. All right. What's your guess? What's your name? My name is Evan. What's your guess? Spend money better. Okay. So, we've got a lot of spend money better. This will be our last one right here. Uh, we're going to go here. Go ahead. What's your name? Avery. Avery. Avery, to spend money better. Spend money better. You know what? That's great because it's actually a plug for what's happening next, right? So in January, you can come back and learn how to spend money better. So don't forget that survey says lose weight. (laughs) So losing the weight of your debt, maybe. Maybe that works. So we'll go from there. All right, I'm going to hand this back over here. Sorry about that, guys. And let's go to the next one. The next one is, is save or spend. So that's, we got the money one finally. Let's go next. Learn a new skill. And if I could see that up in the one in front of me, that would be amazing if it's possible. Um, and go ahead. Next one, quit smoking. And the next one, read more. Next one, find another job. Some folks are in that position right now. I'm going to find another job. That's great. Next one. Drink less. Not water, kids. You should be drinking plenty of water. This is talking about adult beverages. And then next one, have more family time. Did you guys have family time this Christmas? You guys get some of that? Okay, clap it up for me for family time. All right, good. You know what's amazing? Guess what Sunday morning is? It's family time. Because we're here as a church family. So every time you come Sunday morning, you're actually coming to family time. That's fantastic. So, all right. Now, those New Year's resolutions, they say something about who we are. So go ahead and click up the commonalities here. Go to the next slide. Oh, the red didn't come up. If you look at a lot of those um, right there, you'll see that the ones in red there. Look for a pattern there. It's kind of about getting better. We want to get better. We want to improve ourselves. It's that theme of self-improvement. And we want to make life better for other people around us. So that's a good thing, right? So if we, if we go again, we want to be better. So next slide. Uh, we want to improve. We want to build up. We'll go to the next slide real quick here. If I could see the slides up here, that'd be great too. We want to be better. And this is a disconnect there because we're going to learn right now. People want to be better, but how many people actually make their New Year's resolutions? It's not a lot. We spend money getting there. We buy that fancy new Peloton gym bike, right? And then we don't ride it. It sits there. And that happens. I I know I want to change things. I want to be better. I struggle. I have projects that were one-year projects that I started six years ago. I didn't know at the time they were six-year projects. So I'm still working on that. And you know what? We believe we can be better. 
So we really do. We want to be better fathers and and mothers and wives and sons and daughters. We look forward to these things. We want to be better. Very few of us are super satisfied with everything in our lives. If you are, that's fantastic. If you've reached the pinnacle, that's great. Uh, But most folks haven't. And how do we know that? Because people spend money. So if we go move ahead to the slide on the Forbes article. So check this out. Forbes did an article last year. You know when you sell self-help books? You sell them right now. January is when you sell them. This is when people want the self-help. And there's a huge industry. As a matter of fact, you can sell people a book on how to organize their clothes. One of the top-selling books last year was Marie Kondo's book. It was several years ago. Marie Kondo came up with a book that said, if you touch an article of clothing in your closet and it doesn't spark joy, throw it out. <laughs> that was the big theme. I kid you not. That was the big theme. And this is, this, so, so people really want to clean their closets. So let's take a little quiz, a little family quiz. We're going to go on to this one. We're going to ask ourselves, what, what do we know about New Year's resolutions? So we'll go to the next slide. Out of 10 people, how many actually make a New Year's resolution? Just talk to each other. Guess. Go ahead and guess. Go ahead and stop. Time's up. The answer is, go ahead, six. How many got six? Raise your hand if you got six. Okay, raise your hand if you got close to six. You're five or seven. All right, great. If you guessed, you're a winner. So now, what percent of people, and by the way, the baby's crying, that is one of the most amazing sounds in the world. You know why? It means because there's another life that's about to move forward and do something amazing and be the doctor that makes your knee better when you go in for knee surgery someday. And trust me, it happens to a lot of us. I haven't had it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. So, um, what percent of people actually succeed? So there's the next question. How many keep it? Take a guess. Let's go ahead. Next one, show them the answer. And the answer is less than one out of ten. When I looked this up, I was pretty, I was, I was not super shocked. I mean, I was a little bit, but I was like, wow, so I'm not the only one. I felt good. Um, I sometimes feel like a failure after New Year's resolutions because I'll set some up for myself. Sometimes I set them low, like really low. Like I'm going to lose a pound a week or a month. That's it, a pound a month. Or I'm going to eat vegetables three times, three times a week. Hey, young people. I mean, you guys think about eating vegetables, right? Don't complain about your vegetables. Do a family chore. Just do the dishes three times a week. That's it. That's not too too much to ask for mom. Maybe you guys do it all the time. Good for you guys. But I have that. And then, you know what? I let it go. It doesn't happen. And I feel like pretty low. Man, I I didn't do very good on this one. And sometimes I feel like I don't measure up. I'm just not good enough. You know what happens? I quit. Well, that's it. I'm done. I, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Or sometimes I try to push through it, you know? I'm just going to keep going. It's okay. I'm going to keep going. So Paul is a guy who actually really was successful. Paul was a guy who was a missionary. Do you young folks know what missionaries are? If you're a kid in this room and you know what a missionary is, raise your hand if you know what a missionary is. 
A lot of you guys do. Okay. So the missionaries go around, and they travel, and they tell people about Jesus Christ. And that's really important. And Paul was one of those guys, and he went to a church in Ephesus. That was a church he started. He planted that church, and he wrote a letter to them many, many years later from prison. He was in prison. And he wrote a letter to tell them, don't give up. Keep moving forward. Here's how you find success. And what's weird about this letter to Ephesus is he wasn't writing about a specific problem. In a lot of his letters, he's like, stop doing that. Come on, guys. We've got to grow in this area. And this one, it's pretty general. And so it's a really interesting letter. So we're going to dig into that today. And it's going to teach us something that Paul taught them to encourage him to grow and succeed in life. One of the first things that Paul talks about is that they are God's workmanship. God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, there's a lie, and it's pretty pervasive, and sometimes we believe it and we don't know it. And where are the young people at in the room? If the kids will look up, this is a lie that some of you may hear, and it gets spread in school a little bit, and it says that you're not special. You're an accident. That all these molecules just happened to come together one day, And they made an animal, and that animal became another animal, became another animal, actually became a fish, and the fish got out on land and became an animal with with feet, and then it went went back into the ocean to become a whale. That's the actual story. Now, this is not true. And the Bible tells us that you're no accident. You are actually the handiwork of God. Pretty special thing. If you found a tool, or if you found a vehicle that said made by God, you would be pretty interested in that thing. A car made by God. That's a fascinating thing. So, we're more than animals. And actually, we are proof of God's awesomeness. We are the proof. You and me, we're the proof that God is amazing. And so, check this out. You form me in my inward parts. You form my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. This is a duck. And the beautiful thing is we were made like God. We're made. We're actually creators ourselves. Look at this room. Look at everything in this room. Everything in this room was built by someone. I look at these steel beams up here sometimes, and I go like, someone welded those. Someone bolted those. Not only did they weld those and bolt those, but someone actually figured out how much weight they could hold up. Because right now, you are under an incredibly dangerous situation. If that does not hold up, we are in a lot of trouble. Look at the carpet. Look at the carpet underneath your feet. How many fibers are there? How many fibers in a little tiny square inch? More than we can count. They are amazing. Everything around us is amazing. Because God made us amazing. So this is a Lego duck. And actually, Lego helped us out today. So in just a second, I'm going to have the kids get up, and they're going to go in the back. They're going to get some Legos. And you get to keep these Legos. Because we were made to build. Now, you're going to give them back to me for a quick second. I'm going to put them on something. We're going to do a little project with them. We're going to show it, and then you're going to go back and try to find your right Lego. But you're going to get the same six bricks that I give. You'll get those back. So don't worry about that. You get the same six bricks, even if they're not the way you built them. But we share. It's okay. We're good at that. So Lego figured something out. Lego figured out that people 
want to build. We already know this. We're creating the image of God. God's a creator. We love to create. We're not created to sit around and consume. We're created to make things and to do good. And we're going to talk about that later on in just a second. So what I'm going to have to do is kids, go ahead and go in the back and get Legos. Get up out of your seats. Go in the back, and each person is going to get a package of Legos. Now, if your child is under three, you need to hold on to those Legos for them and help them build. Because three and younger, these have chokeable parts. And by state law and by federal laws and all kinds of other laws, I'm sure that exist there, three-year-olds should not be playing with these bricks. So please, parents, help them if they're under three. That's fantastic. Now, ready to test the lie that we're an accident. We're just going to test this lie real quick, then we're going to move on. I want all the kids to shake your, shake your bag. All the kids, shake your bags. Shake them really good. And keep shaking until you build something. Keep shaking. You've got to build something. Now, go ahead and stop. Think for a second. How long would it take you to shake before you built something? We all know the answer. The answer is simple. Nothing's ever going to get built that way. And here's the fact. Everyone in this audience today, you are built by God. He knows more about your organs, more about your blood vessels. He knows more about your brain and your neurons and the neurochemistry that's going on than any doctor than anybody else in the world. What this means is that you are not alone. You are never alone. God is with you. And this also means that you don't suffer without him being fully aware that you're suffering. This means that he has an answer for your suffering and that he cares deeply for you. When we create things, we care about those things we create. And God cares more than anybody else. And so as an adults, we tend to think, yeah, we don't believe that nonsense about being created by accidents. But sometimes we forget God is there. Sometimes we forget that we're special. And sometimes we forget that we have value to God. And we wonder where he's at. But you're his personal creation. He really cares about you. So, young people, go ahead and let's be, let's be our creative selves. Go ahead and open the bag and build a duck. Just build a duck. Open the bag and build a duck. Now, if you are not considered a child in your mind, but how, do we have Legos? we have them left back there, guys? So if you are a youth and you want to go build a duck, go back and get some. Seriously, youth, go back. Grab, build yourself a duck because we've got some left. And if we still have some left over, we'll send some adults back there too. Okay, we're building, so I'm going to let the kids build while we move on. Check out the screen. That's what it takes to build. I want to thank Lego. They put this together for us, but this is what it takes to build. It takes a lot of skills to do a simple duck build. We're really different. You give this to a dog, say build it, and you're going to eat them. You want to have a built duck at the end. We're really special. So why do we struggle so much? That's a really good question. Um, let's look at this verse here. In the book of Ephesians, Paul explains where the struggle comes from. We have a self-destruct mode. And it is operated by sin. Now, those of you who've seen Star Wars lately, there's a self-destruct mode 
right? You can self-destruct all these different things in space and they blow up. And this is what we have. And this is what Paul says. He says, you are dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. Among them, we too also formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, in the indulging of the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath. What does this look like? It looks pretty simple. The the wrath looks like this. I don't get what I want and I get upset. So the Lord knew that I was going to speak about this day and he wanted to give me an example of failing. So yesterday I totally failed. Okay? So I'm putting a door lock on. I'm just replacing a door lock. This should be simple. It's a couple screws. You pop the old one out, put the new one in. Well, it didn't fit right. And I was determined, the lust of the flesh, my own desire, I was going to make it fit. And so I sat there and I got upset and I got angry and said some things I shouldn't have said. And out of my frustration, I'm sitting there at the door. And you know what? The whole family can tell I'm tense. Did I throw anything? Thankfully, no, I did not throw anything. But I'm tense that whole time, frustrated. And it took me about 30 minutes to decompress. That, my friends, is the lust of the flesh indulging of the desire of the flesh because I wanted something easy. And you know what? The New Year's is going to be about someone telling you there's an easy way to fix yourself. If you read this book, you'll get fixed. If you get this app on your phone, you'll get fixed. These three easy steps, you're going to get fixed. But that is not really true because this is actually what it looks like. We're going to look at the screen real quick. We're going to see that's what it really is, folks. That's our predicament. That is us. Before Christ, before we met Christ, this is us. We are twisted and moved and broken in a way that people shouldn't. And why? Because we put our body, we did things with ourselves and with our spirit that we were not meant to do. We moved outside of God's created way and looked out for ourselves. By the way, I could not find a picture of a broken Lego. I had to do that myself. And it pained me to do that to a Lego. But I broke that Lego. And that is who we are. And if the young people would look up at the screen real quick... That is who we are without Christ. We are broken. And you know what? We forget. We forget who we are in Christ all the time. Adults in the room. We go through a day. We go to community group. We remember who we are in Christ. Yes. The next day we forget. We stop praying. We stop going to God. We stop remembering that we don't have to live that way anymore. Without God, we choose selfishness. Thankfully, God didn't leave his creation to die. That's not the way we were left. And what I'd like, in just a second, actually I'd like the kids to do it now. If you kids would take your duck, and you kids take your duck, if we have your ducks, and I want you to take your ducks to the back, and I want you to hand them to the young men in the back. We're going to do this real quick. So all the kids, take your ducks back there. We're going to take your ducks to the back. Down on the ground, kids. Set your ducks on the ground back there and come back to your seat. Set them down. Come back to your seat. They're building something over there. It's going to be nice. We'll do it. Set them down. Come back to your seat, kids. All right, kids, come back to your seat. Let's come on back. So God didn't leave us to die. Just like the kids are coming back, God came back to us. And we're going to take a look here at... Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. 
And this was Christmas. We just celebrated this. God knew we were in a bad place. He knew we were selfish. He knew we were angry. He knew we were folks that would hurt other people around us to get what we wanted to. Not intentionally, but sometimes accidentally. But God, being rich in his mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, smashed like that Lego, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. We're going to keep going. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now the world will tell you, and we're going to come into a season that's going to tell you that you have to measure up. You'll see commercials, and we already have this Christmas. What does a good husband do for his wife? He buys her a car. That's exactly right. He buys her a Lexus. Because if you're a good husband, you get a big, gigantic bow that goes with a big, gigantic purchase, that goes with a big, gigantic debt. But you don't think that way, right? So the world and all the commercials and all the TV tells you you don't measure up. You are not good enough. At the same note, At the same time, they tell you, you deserve more. You deserve better. You are made to consume. See, the argument from the world is you are made to consume. Your purpose in life is to have the easy way. Your purpose in life is to get what you want. But the Bible is clear. God didn't make us to consume. God made us to be like him. God made us to do good. And the way we get to do good is through Christ. Christ forgives us of our sins. He puts us back together. And this is what Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. When's the, next time, when's the last time you heard a commercial that said that? Welcome back. We're going to have news from our sponsors. This is sponsored by the Bible. You were created for good works. So stop spending your money. Stop consuming all the stuff. Stop worrying about being enough. And go out there, have a good quiet time this morning, and get out there and do some good. I have not seen that commercial. You know when I get that is here. Because the beauty of it is, The Bible is the one telling us who we really are. And when you forget that you're God's workmanship, when you start to think you're your own workmanship, you start moving away from the manual. When you forget that you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Hey, can you take out the trash? Oh, take out the trash. That's the worst thing in the world. The last thing on my list was take out the trash. But if we remember... They were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Oh, that's what I'm created for. I'm created to help out and take out the trash. That's what brings me joy. And I'm not kidding. When we remember this, it is joyful to serve and love other people. Because we remember that God did it for us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He came to this earth. This Christmas is what we celebrate. He died on the cross and resurrected for us. To save us. And that is our mission. To lose what we have, to give it away to save others. And there's joy and peace in that. And when I forget that, my family suffers, my kids suffer, the people around me suffer. So if I want to do good and serve other people, that's how I do that. God made us good through Christ to do good. That is our purpose. It's not to spend money. 
It's not to impress other people. And in just a minute, I think the guys are almost ready back there. I'm going to have a visual representation of what this looks like. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. This is Ephesians 2, 20 through 22. Sorry, we're not there yet. We're getting there. Here we go. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. You see, this is a building. Not this. This is a building. This is a building. And when each one of us is built up and when each one of us realizes who we are in Christ Jesus, that we're made to do good works, we become the in the whom Paul is talking about, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple. In the Lord, in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling of God and Spirit. Go ahead. Come on up, guys. So each one of you kids built a unique duck. What did you do? You did good. You did good. You built a duck because we do good. When we all do good together, guess what? We build something. God uses us to build something amazing. And all of our ducks... We build something. We build God's house. But it all starts with Jesus Christ. Every day, in every way, should start with Jesus Christ. If you forget that at 30, you'll pay for it in your 40s. And if you remember that at a young age, it'll bless you every single day. Because the second we think that we're too old to hear about Jesus Christ... The second thing, we're too old for grace. I'm so smart, I'm well beyond that. I'm into deep theology now. Our lives will suffer. Every day we have to remember it's not about us, it's about him. Die to ourselves and live in him. And that's how we build up this church and bless other people. So today there's some next steps. Oops. On the sign it says, memorize 1 Corinthians 2.10. It's actually Thessalonians, or sorry, Ephesians. And it's in your handout. It's Ephesians, not Corinthians. So memorize that verse so that when you feel like you don't want to work, when you feel like you're not enough, you don't have to like try to self-motivate and pull up your breeches. Say, God, remind me that I'm your workmanship. Remind me what you've done for me. Remind me that you have made me enough to do good. You're doing it, not me. It's by grace. Number two, call the check on someone. Call someone. Reach out to a friend. Do good for someone. Just by reaching out. Because some people are lonely this holiday season. And getting a phone call, getting someone to reach out, that's a real blessing. So just reach out to someone. And remind them that they're God's workmanship. Um, Or number three, spend time with your creator. No one knows you better. No one cares about you more. No one can help you more than your creator. Spend time every day remembering who you are. Fighting the lies of the TV, of the internet, fighting the lies that are all around you, and remembering that you are God's workmanship. You are special. And through Jesus Christ, you are made right. And you have everything you need to be successful from God, not of yourselves. Because the truth is that we have been made good for goodness' sake. Let's pray. God, you are such a blessing to us. You have given us your son, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross and was resurrected so that we could be forgiven of sins, so that we could have a relationship with you. Help us to relate to you every day. 
Make it clear to us how much we need you. Give us a desire for you that's stronger than desire for anything else in our lives. And help us to have joy in work. That other people would see us, wonder about us, ask us, and find out more about you. We pray and ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.